Welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners. I'm your host, Maureen Warbach. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. I have Kristen Hick, a therapist group practice owner in Colorado with me. Hey, Kristen. Hi, good morning. So why don't you give everyone a little bit of uh, feedback on kind of where your group practice is at um, physically, but also where it's at in a literal sense. If you have any therapists working for you yet, how many, what Mm -hmm. your practice is like, and um, we'll go from there to your question. Okay, great. Um, So yes, my name is Kristen Hick. I'm a psychologist working in Denver, Colorado, and currently in the kind of stage of hiring my first employee, um, had a little bit of a setback, had two great candidates and both fell through at the last minute. So I'm kind of gearing up to go at it again. But in the meantime, I am looking at office space and trying to make a decision around, um, you know, when to expand from my single office when, with one lobby space to a larger space and what that will look like. Um, My practice specializes in attachment-oriented therapy. Um, My specialty is dating relationships and post-relationship growth and recovery. So I do a lot of dating and divorce um, work with adolescents and adults. Um, And and so I'm looking for someone to – I'm looking for several specialties within my practice that are all attachment-focused. So right now, I'm kind of trying to make the decision of like – Do I go into a two office space to a three office space, five office space? What makes the most sense and how to make that decision? Um, You know, are there certain metrics that are helpful in making that decision? Awesome. So I think that's what sums it up. Awesome. Perfect. So I would like to start with seeing what your vision for your practice is. And if you've Mm -hmm. you've thought about that, what does your long-term goal look like? Um, Mm -hmm. It helps in making this kind of decision is, you know, if you have a a plan to be, you know, a larger practice and have several therapists working for you, Mm -hmm. it obviously lets us know that at some point you're going to be out of the one office space. Um, Also, you know, for some practices, having a certain size office uh, for group work or whatnot also helps in making decisions if moving is going to be the next kind of route to go on. Mm -hmm. But then also... The pace of growth um, plays a role because I initially hired my first person and I stayed in a one office space for about six months after hiring my first person before mm-hmm. I decided to make the, the move. And we can talk a little bit about, you know, why I made that decision, why I waited mm-hmm. six months or why I didn't do it right away. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of want to get a feel for what your long term, you know, one to three year goal is with regards mm-hmm. to hiring and just the structure of your group practice. Okay. Uh, so structure of the group practice is going to be all employees. Okay. Um, <clears throat> my larger vision, and this may be, I would say in the next, fir- the first year, um, I would like to hire one to two employees. Um, and then in the next three to five years, I'd like to have about eight employee therapists. Okay. Um, my kind of vision is to have um, someone who does similar work as I do, dating and divorce kind of specialized, um, someone who does couples counseling, someone who does addictions, um, both with um, substance abuse and alcohol, um, but also with sex and love addiction. Um, and then someone who specializes in maternal mental health and women's health, and then someone that does trauma. 
So we're all working from an attachment-oriented perspective in various specialties. Um, and then I would like to have, because I run a d women's divorce group here in Denver. So I would like, and currently I just do it out of my office. It's nice and intimate. But, you know, the longer-term vision is that ideally we'd have a group dedicated space that would also be able to turn into a yoga therapy space. So we could dual purpose um, and possibly have a trauma yoga therapist come in. So that that's kind of the really long term. Nice. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, okay, so. that's awesome. Um, so looking at looking at that, what is your current with just you, your referrals look like? Um, how are mm -hmm. you full? And what does that look like for you? As well as, you know, how, how many, do you have a wait list? Is there mm -hmm. a steady stream of referrals coming? Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't been on a wait list for a couple weeks. Um, I think just the initial slowdown of the summer, people are going off to vacations and whatnot. But I've been on a wait list for pretty much the last year. I've been full for probably one and a half, two years, I would say closer to two years okay. where maybe I could get one more person in if I, you know, kind of squeezed. Um, so it's been pretty steady. The referrals I get in are from, um, a, a lot of other therapists, psychiatrists, and particularly one psychiatrist that I've developed a pretty good relationship with, um, and OBGYNs. I have several OBGYNs that refer to me, um, around relationship issues and maternal mental health sort of things. Um, and then I, I, I get it from online. So psychology today and a lot of online referrals that people find my website, um, through Google searches. So I would say pretty steady stream of, of referrals. Um, it feels comfortable. It doesn't feel super overwhelming. Although there have been times in the past six months where I felt really overwhelmed with the amount of referrals coming in and having to refer a lot out to other therapists in the area. So how full are you? What's full for you? Full for me is seeing 25 to 30 clients a week. Oh, good. Um, That's a lot. It, it is. I'd like to see fewer. <laughs> yeah. And as a group practice owner, there'll be a point where you'll have to see fewer. Yeah. So you have some time for the business management side of things. Yes. Um, okay. So looking Which is at... exciting because I like the business management part. That stuff I, I get really excited about as well. So oh, that good. would be okay. <laughs> that's good. So if we look at where you're at now, tell, tell me a little bit about your space. I know you said you have a one office space and a waiting room. Yes. And then yes. how long is your, your lease for still? Um, I have until I think it's next April. Okay. Um, so you have a year ish. Uh, just yes. Under a year. Okay. Except for my, I, I've started talking to a realtor who said basically I should really start looking within six months of my lease ending because um, and this is kind of particular to the Denver market, but maybe it's in other markets as well. The Denver market is, is very saturated, both the, um, commercial and residential real estate. And, and especially in this area, there's like a, a few blocks that have a lot of buildings that are really, I mean, there's tons of therapists in this building. They're just the way that they're built are great for therapist office. Uh -huh. So the space, there's a, you know, high demand on it. So my realtor has said, you know, they don't have any, they don't have to keep you in or they don't have to renew you. Um, so you might want to get serious about figuring out your space sooner rather than later. And I would tend to agree with, uh, with him on the six month time frame. I think even okay. in non saturated areas, I'm in Chicago, which is pretty mm -hmm. saturated as well. Um, right. but in, 
even in areas where there are, are a lot of commercial buildings where you can rent from or you know purchase, it still takes a whole lot more time than you would expect to, you know, from the moment that you start searching to mm-hmm. finding a space that feels good, uh, fit-wise with the vision of your practice and the feel of your practice to negotiating the contract. Um, mm-hmm. And then a lot of times there, you know, at least in my case, I've had to, with the larger offices, had to have some work done on it where the, you know, the building is either putting up walls or making extra rooms inside of my suite. And so that mm-hmm. takes some time. And so I think, you know, the six month range is really actually a good um, time frame. You know, if you if you're thinking like, especially April is a good is a good time. You have a good amount of time between now now and April to make that decision, and then be able to implement you know six months worth of searching, you know finding, mm-hmm. signing contracts and all of that fun stuff. Um, your what days of the week are you working right now? Right now, I see clients Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Um, so ideally, or realistically, Tuesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays are not being used. Okay. And then on Monday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, do you work day through night on all of those or are you gone Mm -hmm. early any of those days? Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, I typically work 1030 or 11 to 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. And Fridays usually nine to five. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So part of kind of how I grew was it took me you know, about six months to feel comfortable enough in becoming a group practice owner. Cause you never know, you know, you might be, mm-hmm. you know, get, get full because, um, people are referring to you specifically and it does get mm-hmm. a little bit harder to get the community and the referral sources that you do have right. to not just refer to you. But mm-hmm. another part of it is just getting to a place of feeling comfortable with the kind of people that you're hiring that, they right. are, you know, good therapists that they are willing to, especially in your case, you're talking about employees, but like willing to market themselves or get themselves out where out there and network so that their uh, name and their face becomes known in the community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something that seems like it would be actually a pretty good fit for you because you have a good amount of time. It's not like your lease is up in the next couple of months and it's either you have to renew a lease for a one office space for a whole another year you have a really good amount of time to find someone between, you know, in the next six months, find someone who can play around with filling up on, you know, let's Mm -hmm. say Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and also you potentially weaning off maybe one night so that that person can do like Tuesday all day, Mm -hmm. Friday from, if you could be done on Fridays by four instead of five, having someone there four to nine or four to eight is a good Mm -hmm. chunk of time too. Um, to see how that feels. Um, because what I noticed was especially the initial, the initial jump is, is the hardest one to make the jump from Mm -hmm. being solo to hiring your first person. And I think it becomes less intimidating or difficult once you have that first person and you get a system in place with how, you know, what relationship you want to have with that therapist, how referrals are going to come to them, the role that they play in marketing. It becomes easier once you have that first person to then, let's say in April, be able to, um, or, you know, a few, you know, several months before April to decide if things are looking, you know, going as smoothly as you anticipated with regards to filling that person up to then, um, growing into a larger space. And at that point, I think, you know, you kind of, mm-hmm. we're going in this direction is 
looking at your longer term plan, if you want to have eight therapists, um, Mm -hmm. you know, going from a one office to a two office space is um, sort of a small jump. It feels like a big jump, but in terms of looking at rental, typically, Mm -hmm. and obviously, you know, some cities may be a little bit different than others, but if you're after hiring your first person, if it's, if you're showing growth in the way that you are expecting, then Mm -hmm. the likelihood is I was, um, talking to Jeremy on the, our podcast episode that it's sort of like a, it becomes a snowball effect at, at some point where the, once the referral sort referrals start coming in for your therapist, it's kind of like a, you know, a snowball. It just becomes easier with time. And so, Mm -hmm. um, if your long-term goal is to be something around, you know, eight clinicians, I don't think jumping straight into a, you know, five or six office space, which typically could fit around eight clinicians in there, may be the right move unless you have a lot of money laying around um, or you want to get a loan out. But um, a smart move would be doing something like a three office space because typically the the rental price between a, a one office or a two office and a three office isn't very big. And so, it's, I see people taking, and I did this myself as well, taking really small jumps and then they have to mm-hmm. move frequently because they right. realize they've out, they can outgrow, you know, going from a one office to a two office, you can quickly outgrow if you are showing right. that you're able to help fill up one therapist. It's almost doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to, to go into a two office, but a three office space is like a great, um, a great size mm-hmm. for someone who's growing past their first therapist because you can fit usually three to five people in a three office space, depending on if they're part-time or full-time. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. I think, you know, for you specifically, but then also kind of in a larger sense with anyone who would be listening when they're in this beginning stage, not growing, you know, because, because they've already have, you know, five therapists and they want a 10 office space now, but going literally from a hiring your first therapist in a one office space to going to a larger suite is, um, you know, really trying to, my suggestion is to try to be as open as you can to filling what you already have, just so Mm -hmm. that you can see if it's something that, that works for you. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of great solo practice owners. And then when they get to hiring people have a hard time either with finding the right therapist, um, Mm -hmm. managing a business, which, you know, you said isn't going to be an issue on your end because it's something you love doing, but you know, there's different areas of group practice ownership where they realize that it's not something that they want to do. So taking the step with one Mm -hmm. makes things much easier. And it gives you a sense of figuring out um, what things you need to hack down before you grow, you know, a second time. But my other thing would be, are you looking to stay in the same kind of area that you're in now? Or? Yes. Okay. I've moved, I've moved, this is my third office since being in open in private practice four years ago. Okay. Um, And and this office has been the most successful. I mean, it's also the time and referral source building also builds over time. But I feel like this location clients frequently say it's so central. It's so easy to get to. Even if it's traffic, it feels central to them yeah. psychologically. So I, I don't want to move too far. Maybe a couple blocks, few okay. blocks kind of, you know, deal. Which, you know, kind of ties into my next thought you know, when people decide to move, sometimes group practice owners decide to move to another neighborhood or another location, you know, 5, 10, 15 miles away, that mm-hmm. kind of adds an extra layer of difficulty in a sense mm-hmm. because um, they may be changing the demographic area or the referral sources that they're getting. 
Um, mm-hmm. But if you're staying in the same area, it's not difficult in a literal sense or a logical sense to mm-hmm. um, move to a th- three office space, you know, five or six months after hiring your first therapist, you know. So I don't think mm-hmm. that's something you need to worry about, at least in, in, in that sense, is hiring mm-hmm. someone and then, you know, having to, you know, pick up and move a couple of months later. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, so if you, are you, what happened with the two people that you were looking at before? Uh, so one, yeah, um, one decided, um, she was previously a private practice owner in other states, um, and decided that because she could only work part-time, she'd rather do her own private practice close to home and her kids part-time and, and have the private practice income. So very understandable. Um, and then the other one was trying to relocate from another state and her partner did not get the position here in Denver. So, um, but got the job with the, um, understanding that he could move to Denver, the Denver office within the year. So it's not a done deal because I absolutely love this candidate. Like I feel like she is the perfect fit. So we have both said, okay, it's not the right timing now, but maybe you're the second or third hire. So yeah, which is great to know that that person's down the line, assuming all works out. But yeah, so back to the drawing board with the first person. (laughs) So it was less of, you know, not hiring good candidates in terms of like clinical skills or uh-huh. anything like that. Did you have no. any difficulty in, in searching for people and finding the right fit? I mean, it was difficult because I'm looking for someone who's doctorally trained. So someone who's getting out of their postdoc or in, in newly licensed or already licensed as a psychologist. Okay. Um, and so that, that, you know, that narrows the pool down a little bit. And I felt like I was weeding through a lot of people who were not good fits um, because of, um, they weren't even through their master's level training or were only master's level trained. So I was kind of weeding through that and having to go, nope, my vision really is this and having to fall back on, nope, I have to keep going with my vision. Um, but of the doctoral trained therapists that I got, there were a lot of great ones. It was about finding the right fit with someone who loves attachment oriented therapy as much as I do and is committed to that vision which is then also narrowed down, narrowing down the pot even yeah. further. Yeah. So that was kind of the issue that I ran into. Okay. What are you using in terms of search- searching? Um, so I used Indeed. Okay. Um, I've, I, I've I used feel, it too. I feel like I've mixed results. I feel like I paid a lot and didn't really get a lot of great candidates Ooh, or like well-suited. Do you have to pay? Um, well, so you don't have to pay, but they encourage you to – um, I do a sponsored one. So I paid like $5 a day, which they kind of balked at because they want you to pay like $300 a day, but that, <laughs> that's not our industry. No, <laughs> they've got our industry wrong. Um, oh my gosh. So I did I had, $5 a day. I but... had a lot of luck on the free one. So I don't know if it depends okay. if it's states well, or I'll city specific. It. Yeah. Um, I mean, we got hundreds of applicants and 99% were not licensed the way we wanted them to be or right. didn't have you know, when I first started off, I was a little more open to having people that were um, more newly, they had to be fully licensed, but more newly licensed. And as time has gone, I um, have kind of changed my expectations for what I'm looking for in terms of hiring. But Indeed has been pretty good. And if if you're as clear as you possibly can be, like I say, I want a cover letter 
in a resume, and anyone uh-huh. who doesn't send a cover letter, I just automatically delete. They could be the greatest therapist ever, but... But they didn't. Yeah, if they can't, just follow no. the... Dir- yeah, <laughs> and then there's a ton of people that, you know, are... I'm almost fully licensed, and I'm like, I, ju- I just said fully licensed, you know, um, mm-hmm. and then I just mm-hmm. delete those. But then with those leftovers, there's, you know, maybe 5% of those are ones that on paper sound perfect. And then, mm-hmm. you know, of those, I, you know, usually there's a couple that are really good fit. So I've, with the free version, I've, I've had some luck. But I have heard that some other people have had difficulty in, in other states with mm-hmm. using Indeed. So it might, it could definitely be a state-specific yeah. issue. I'll, I'll give it another try. Yeah. Um, the other things I did was um, posted an ad with um, the Chicago School of Professional Psychology because I used to teach there. Oh, um, and I also posted an ad with my graduate school, the California School of Professional Psychology, uh-huh. and then did Facebook and then also did DU in Denver because okay. um, they have a, a really great program there. So, um, And didn't get any applicants from any of those sources. Um, which okay. weren't paid, well, they weren't paid resources or posting. So, you know, not the end of the world. Um, any others that you would recommend? The ones that I, I mean, other than I have used my local schools as well, um, mm-hmm. and Facebook. And I tend to, I mean, when I, I got lucky in the beginning when I hired my first one, cause I did it through, I had a pe- posting on my, or a page on my website I don't know mm-hmm. if you have that, but I tend to get a good amount yeah. on my website. Um, I made sure the SEO on that page, I don't know if you use WordPress or whatnot, but um, I made sure that the SEO on that page was, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not great with SEO, but I, I can use Yoast, which is a plugin, and it tells me if the light is green. <laughs> if the light is green, uh. it, it means it's optimized. So I did that, and um, ever since I first started, I've, I you know, I take it off when I don't need anyone, but I've gotten mm-hmm. a, a fair amount from that because people will search by, you know, mm-hmm. by city therapist position in Chicago. And so mine would show up at the top there. But another, you know, once I had my first person, um, the way I got most of my therapists is through word of mouth from other, mm-hmm. like my second therapist was my parents' neighbor's uh, sibling. Um, my parents' mm. neighbor was like, oh, your daughter owns a, a practice. Well, my sister is a social worker. And so oh, wow. that's how I hired her. And then she brought, mm-hmm. she had a couple of old colleagues that, um, you know, ended up being really great fits as well. So then it became more word of mouth. So mm-hmm. my first one was uh, my website and then um, a couple I did on, in, on Indeed as well. But my, so my other suggestion would be, do you have old colleagues or old um, uh, mm-hmm. college students that you went to school with, got your PhD with or your master's mm-hmm. with that you can reach out to? Uh, yes. Um, I, I definitely can do more of that. I feel like I've reached out to my network of, yeah. of psychologists and have told them, but I think I need to plant the seed again, especially as they may have interns that are wrapping up um, or postdocs that are wrapping up their hours that yep. may be perfect timing for that. Um, but probably could work out, um, reach back out to, um, my cohort yeah. and see what, what's going on there. And maybe even, you know, call the Chicago school or call some of the schools instead of just putting the profile out there, really kind of talk to a point person around it. Um, cause I can't imagine there aren't postdocs or newly, 
you know, licensed people going, please help me find a job. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, well, I, it's perfect timing because, you know, people are graduating now, but also mm-hmm. how I, I have a nurse practitioner, a psychiatric nurse practitioner who does mm-hmm. medication management. Mm-hmm. And I, when I, I first reached out to her, cause we referred to her, to her a lot and we, everyone in my practice absolutely loves her because she's just so, um, you know, she's not like a, I guess a typical psychiatrist where they don't uh-huh. spend a lot of time with, with our clients. She, you know, was first a, an LCPC. So she was a therapist oh. first and then went on and got her nurse practitioner license. And she just spends a lot of time with them. And so I had sent an That's email great. a couple of years ago being like, if you ever want, she works at the hospital. If you ever want to work, uh-huh. you know, here, we would love to have you. And mm-hmm. um, at the time she was like, no, you know, I'm busy at the hospital. And, you know, last December, just this past December, um, you know, she reached out and was like, are you still, you know, would you still take that offer? <laughs> Let me take that offer. And I was like, yes. So it may be That's that great. reaching back out to the people that you have already reached out to, to mm-hmm. kind of replant the seed, as you said, you never know where people are at. Um, right. you know, in the, in the past, they might not have even been paying much attention cause it didn't fit what they were, you know, they weren't looking for a, a position or they didn't know anyone at the time, but now they may. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Just kind of re- circle back around. Yeah, right. So going back to your initial question of when to move, I think the, your overall question is, is sort of answered by you in that you will likely move at some point um, based off of, your, off of your goals. But mm-hmm. I think with regards to kind of risk analysis, how I look at it is, in your case, because you have a fair amount of time to be able to hire someone and then mm-hmm. see what that looks like in terms of filling them up space-wise. And mm-hmm. if you look at, you know, you, you hire one person, even part-time, you know, two, mm-hmm. let's say two mm-hmm. days a week, there's Tuesdays and Saturdays or Tuesdays and Sundays, that it's very likely that um, if they can fill up on those two days, the income that you're bringing in from that person should essentially cover the difference between your one office space and let's say a three office space easy, you know? So okay. you, you wouldn't be bringing, you wouldn't be able to take much of their, the leftover income from that person mm-hmm. for yourself. But that's kind of how I, I did. I hit my longer term goal was I wanted to be, I didn't think I wanted to be this big, but I wanted to have a, a handful of therapists. And so I, I took, you know, once when I hired my first person and we were in our single space, I saved the money that, um, because my income was able to pay for the rent and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, right. but their income I saved so that, um, I would be able to six months later. Yeah. It was about six months later that we then moved into a four, I moved into a four office space, but I lucked out the rent for my one office space between my one office space, and my four office space was only $200 more. So wow. that's the only reason why I was like, cause I was like, I don't know how I'm going to fill four offices. It's just two of us. So it was like a ghost town for a while. Um, I lucked out. I don't think most people would have um, that sort of luck, you know, in, mm-hmm, in terms mm-hmm. of the financial piece. So I'm thinking more of a three office space is, is going to be something that um, you your mm-hmm. hiring of one therapist could definitely, that leftover money could cover the difference between a one and three office space. Um, okay. And it, so in terms of risk analysis, it's not a huge risk because um, right now you're working in your one office space with just you and you're, you're making it work. So having this Mm -hmm. extra person come on is literally going to become, you know, to some degree, extra money as I, you know, other than paying for their malpractice, you know, there's some stuff that you cover that their income kind of takes, gets taken away with. Mm -hmm. But, um, on top of that, 
that ends up becoming extra income that could then, you know, it should not take away from any income that you're bringing in yourself. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So my suggestion yeah. would be to get back to the drawing board and trying mm-hmm. to find someone that is either A, wanting something part-time or B, part-time with the um, thought of going to full-time at some point, which obviously would be good. It's yeah. easy. I always find it easier to, you know, have someone, and it's a little scarier when you're first starting off than it is, you know, later on in the game, is to find someone who's part, who's willing to do part-time with the intention of becoming full-time, um, mm-hmm. just because you have less people you have to hire. And if you like the person right. that's part-time, it obviously is scary right. every time you have to hire another person, you're crossing your fingers hoping that it all works out. But if a part-time person is willing to go to full-time, then it's, you know, you get the best of everything and that's what right. sense. So... I, my suggestion okay. would be to start to look, you know, put your feelers out there again now. Mm-hmm. And then in, you know, around October, November, start your search for looking for a second space and just seeing what's out there. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's not that difficult. I mean, you've moved a couple of times, so I, I'm sure you, you get a, you know what it feels yeah. like to, to move. If you're staying within the same area, it shouldn't be too difficult to bring along that therapist. It's essentially what I did. And we moved uh, one block away into a bit, um, from a storefront, which I would never do again to, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't thinking, you know, I have this, I live in the city, but I'm in a small, Mm -hmm. like a, I'm not in a suburb, but I'm in the city, but I'm in a suburb like area. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I was just thinking like, Oh, how cute, you know, to have a little awning on the front of Uh the, but man, did people just walk in whenever you know, that were not, yeah. So a lesson learned on my, my end, which is probably (laughs) why it costs more in the beginning because uh, Mm -hmm. a storefront one, I had a whole storefront and then I went to a building that, you know, had, Mm -hmm. uh, had four offices literally already set up. So that's why the price change wasn't Wasn't that much. Yeah. Cause Mm -hmm. I was paying more for the storefront to begin with. Um, yeah, but if that makes sense to then maybe around October, November, start your search Mm -hmm. just in case, cause it does tend to take a little bit longer than anticipated to get, you know, the ball rolling and to get every, everything signed and whatnot, especially with larger offices. Um, mm-hmm. It tends to be a little bit easier when it's just a one office space that you're renting because mm-hmm. not much work has to be done, maybe some painting right. and stuff. But with the larger offices, there tends to be, I, I feel like nothing has ever exactly the way you want. Mm-hmm. So either one room is way too big and it can be split into two rooms or um, it just is likely that you spend a little bit of time. So um, like your okay. person said earlier, um, six months is probably a good amount of time, a good time frame, And it gives you, you know, between now, let's say if by August you're able to hire someone, you have a couple of months before you have to start looking again to see how easy is it uh, to fill this person up. And that gives you another right. sense. If that person's not filling up at all and you're having to go back to the drawing board again and again, you, you may then decide by next April, you know what, I'm mm-hmm. just going to keep this one for another year. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, because I, my suggestion would be, unless you're finding a place that's not that much more than your one office space is to not move into a, an office that has two, three or more, um, offices in it, unless you've kind of proven that it's working, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. What about the idea of having someone sublease Um, to like finding the perfect space and having subleasers? you know, with the condition that at some point, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put my employee in there. 
Um, that's definitely something that's doable. Um, if if that is part of your business plan, I wouldn't. I would just be careful if it's not a part of your business plan. If you're just doing it to be able to grow faster space wise, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've never had I've never subleased, so I can't attest for how easy it is to. Okay. Find people to sublease. You have to get a contra- subleasing contract, but then you're also going to pay for an employee contract later, so you're putting a little more money into it. Um, right. And then you also just have to have some, you know, things in plan, like right. that they're month to month or every six months. Um, and I don't know how easy it is. It may be easy to have someone who has a month to month lease um, because it might be good for them because they want to grow into their own space more quickly. Um mm-hmm. It's, I would just think about, does it go with your long-term plan? Mm-hmm. Um, typically, people who sublease just sublease because they don't want to have a quote-unquote typical group practice. They want right. to um, be around other people, but they want to mm-hmm. manage their own practice and have people you know, pay them rent, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. to run their own practices. Um, but I do know that some people have done what you're, what you're asking. I would just be... I would not look at that first right now, especially because okay. you have the time to yeah. find an employee. If the your ball is not rolling by the time um, August or September hits with finding mm-hmm. someone and you know being able to hire an employee, mm-hmm. and you really are wanting to move into a larger space, then maybe start look you know thinking about that. But like I okay. said, there's just some more moving parts that go yeah. along with that. Um, mm-hmm. but again, that might be a good question to ask when the, t- when that time comes or if that time ever comes okay. in the Facebook group. Cause I know there are a handful of people that, um, do subleasing mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. had the contingency of, I'm going to become a group practice and then you can't, um, sublease here anymore. Um, yes. and so to mm-hmm. talk, to talk to them about that. But like I said, there's okay. several moving parts with it. So that just makes it a little bit more complicated. Okay. No, um, that makes sense. Okay. It's good to just know. Yeah. Yeah, that's but it's a whole kind of other situation. It is in a whole different thing. Yeah, it is. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely something that is doable if you're either a on the impatient side, which I tend to be. Um, you know, I just want to keep moving. So if mm-hmm. if I wasn't able to have found my employee when I did, I probably would have been thinking about that same thing. You know, how can I right. how can I get into a bigger space but make it still affordable for me? And that is a valid option to use. Okay. Um, any other questions before we finish up? No, no, no. I, that was great. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah, I feel a lot clearer about it now. Oh, good. I think you you honestly do have a, a perfect. It's the perfect time to actually be thinking about hiring again and the mm-hmm. the hiring and moving plan. You have mm-hmm. a really good amount of time right now to get both of those things done and feel secure at the moving time if you can yeah. hire someone. Relatively you know, if you soon. Can, yeah, if you can <laughs> hire someone by you know August September. I think you'll feel, you'll be able to get a really good sense by like November, December latest. I mean, that puts you at four months instead of six months, but I think it'll put you in a, you'll have a couple of months to see kind of the projection um, that that person has in terms of finances and bringing in clients and retention rate and all that fun stuff to make you feel more secure or not. You know, you may feel, realize, oh my gosh, it's a lot harder to get these people filled up. I, I'm full, but the, you know, the quickness of filling my employee up is not as, as easy as I thought, you know, let's, let's take it another, maybe asking your people you lease from for just another six month lease. You know, Mm -hmm, there is mm -hmm. flexibility on that front too, is to say, you know, can I go month to month now? 
on the, my current lease um, just as I'm trying to really grow this one person or a three-month lease or six-month lease. So to, okay. you know, remembering that you can be flexible with the people that you're in with because at the end of the day, if you decide to leave your lease, they have to go through the work of finding someone else to fit fill that space um, mm-hmm. and likely, you know, put some, they are going to have to put some money into repainting it, possibly recarpeting, whatnot, putting up different walls. I don't know. So um, you, you have okay. that option in your pocket as well. If you notice that you have hired someone, but you just need a little bit more time instead of, you know, taking that jump and being, you know, more risky is to ask, can I have a, just a three month lease for now? Because mm-hmm. my plan mm-hmm. is to leave and uh, see what they, what they say about that. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to ask. No, <laughs> no. All right. Well, it was really good okay. talking to you. Yes. Thank you so much, Marina. It was really helpful. Yes. Awesome. Well, have a good rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast.